Greetings fellow wanderers in the fourth dimension, you're listening to The Greatest Show in the Galaxy, I'm Mike, she's Emma, she's my carer, she cares so I don't have to, and, hey. and in this episode we'll be talking about episode 2 from series 8, Into the Dalek. And who knew they'd literally go into a Dalek, because I... <laughs> Genuinely, I didn't realise that's what they they were going to do a fantastic voyage. Which, by the way, fucking boring movie. <laughs> I tried to watch it like again a few a couple of years back. Jesus mm. Christ, it was like being in a coma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't even remember the last time I watched Fantastic Voyage. You know what? I can hear Rick having an aneurysm now. I'm sorry, Rick, <laughs> but it's boring, mate. I'm, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, uh, where do you want to start with this one? Well, yeah, literally into a Dalek. Mm. Uh, do you know what, on the, I mean, cause I know I say I didn't really expect it. I mean, mm. I didn't realise until I think it was the day of the broadcast mm-hmm. that dear old Auntie Beebe, in their infinite wisdom, um, on their twi- on their um, official Doctor Who Twitter feed, mm-hmm. put a, a poster up, like a sort of an art poster thing, like one they did for like, some same one for Deep Breath. Yeah. And it had like into the Dalek and a big Dalek and a tiny little Doctor. And I was like, oh, they're actually going into the Dalek. <laughs> they went there. I thought, I thought they meant like metaphysically and shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, do you know what? I thought it would be stupid, but mm-hmm. I was surprised by how much I kind of bought into the idea of them actually being inside a Dalek. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't 100% convinced by it, I must hmm. say, but I mean, I think sort of the 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 build up to it, I think was actually um sort of helped kind of sell it because mm-hmm. everyone is being dead serious about it. Yeah. So it sort of just helps you sort of get on board about it. Um yeah, yeah so blimey, um apart from that, I think the apart, leaving the story aside, I think mm-hmm. The main thing that stood out to me about this episode was Capaldi. Yeah. He killed it again. Mm -hmm. He was amazing, I thought, this week. And I think if it's one of those... We often sort of talk about when when you get new episodes and you you sort of can't imagine other Doctors doing that episode. Mm -hmm. I think if we'd had Matt Smith doing this episode, for instance... I'm not sure if it would have come off as well as it did with Capaldi. I think I think if it if this had been in a Matt Smith episode, I think it would have been a lot more jokey than it actually was. I mean, this yeah. was this was pretty damn straight. I mean, even sort of like the sort of like silliness of the concept of being miniaturized and going into the dark, even sort of like the Doctor has like a throwaway that like meta reference. It's just a fantastic idea for a movie bad for a proctologist. You know, he's got some very like very dry wit oh, going yeah. on here. And I think, like I say, because what could have been a very, very silly premise, mm. I think that what helps sells it is that everyone is treating it dead seriously. Yeah. I mean, I would struggle in to to think of a more po face collection of <laughs> guest stars, mm-hmm. particularly Colonel Blue, mm. who I think you know would have just happily tossed the doctor out of an airlock without a second thought yeah until he heard he was a doctor mm-hmm. uh, that's that's sort of the one of the things that sort of caught me off guard um in this episode in terms of the doctor's characterization is just how sort of harsh he is towards the soldiers i mean yeah he's other doctors have have been sort of like sort of standoffish around soldiers uh, before but uh he was like really ramped up which i thought was kind of Sort of, I don't want to say odd, but because I can sort of like understand where the doctor's coming from. Because you know, he rescues this um, this one soldier. She point, pulls a gun on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, I it, mean, it, Journey Blue, which to me I kept thinking sounded like one of the Jaegers from Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, well, the, you know, how ungrateful is she? She gets <laughs> rescued and really persists with sticking a gun in his face. Yeah, I mean. And, 
you know, and the thing is as well, none of the none of the uh, the guest characters mm-hmm. soften at all. I mean, what you usually find with Doctor Who is you'll have uh, guest characters which start off in opposition to the Doctor or very sceptical of him, mm-hmm. and you know their their attitude softens as we go. Mm-hmm. But there's no softening in this at all. They well, they stay rock hard to him, and it's only really at the end when mm-hmm. Journey. Uh, comes out and then just sort of decides that you know stuff this and tries to go for the doctor and the doctor's like nah <laughs> you know um which fair enough because she was you know I, I would struggle with her being on the tardis i think mm. myself yeah because uh yeah i mean um it, it i mean i don't know if it's because they just don't get a lot of characterization but mm. i personally wasn't really invested at all in the uh, guest characters kind of you know, survival or, you know, uh, their ongoing, not to say, or their ongoing concerns, not to say they were badly acted, mm. but like when, um, you know, when they all go and get miniaturized, I was like, dead, dead, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, they were just literally cannon fodder apart from Journey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. It's not like, like you say, it's not um, the actors themselves. I think it's just maybe, yeah. it's, I think there's just a little bit like too sort of, like rough sort of sketches of like characters yeah, and i think they're a bit cookie cutter yeah and and of course the fact um of the, like the very bad first impression they make yeah real bad yeah um, yeah i mean because and as well i mean but i think i wonder if i mean like i say that they they just sort of played it super harsh and super mm-hmm. serious because they had kind of a silly premise yeah you know but i mean they i mean again capaldi thank god for him i mean sort of made it gave it some gravitas when they mm-hmm. talked about you having to breathe throughout and, you know, don't be lasagna and all that sort of thing. It's, <laughs> you know, you sort of, because you're invested in him and you believe him when he tells you mm-hmm. this, this and this, um, you you go with it. The other thing that really stood out to me about this episode was how long it took to really get going. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because I was expecting to, you know, be introduced to, to Danny, mm-hmm. who I think we'll talk about a little bit more um sort of as we go on but mm. um it's about 15 minutes you spend before clara uh, meets the doctor in the stationary cupboard and they go off to uh to head into the dalek it really doesn't get going until you know a quarter of the way through the or no a third of the way through the episode mm. yeah it's 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 um yeah it, it's it's different but you know in a way i kind of don't mind it oh no because, i don't I mean mind it, yeah. really when you sort of get it the 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 fact that um, the Doctor, Clara, and the soldiers have to go into the Dalek to fix it. I mean, that's really only maybe, what, five, ten minutes of yeah. the, the storyline? And then it's... <laughs> the rest of it's putting it right. Um. Yeah, oh, you know, or putting it right mm-hmm. again, again. Um, I so must off. say that, uh, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> the thing that I really, I think, was the crux of the story mm-hmm. and that I really enjoyed was... Um, you know the the thing the 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 line that kept coming out in this story, and they kept playing over and over again in the clips is, mm-hmm. "This is she's my carer, she cares, so I don't have to," mm-hmm. and all sort of things. So getting through the doctor's prejudices about Daleks mm-hmm. and his his ingrained kind of sensibilities about the universe as he sees it, and mm-hmm. that he's always learning and there's always something new that he hasn't encountered and it was breaking through his kind of old git stubbornness again <laughs> yeah you know what i mean yeah um you know how i've been saying i was always like quietly worried that um they might like write 
Capaldi's Doctor is sort of Malcolm Tucker light. That line, um, she cares so I don't have to. I thought that was that was like bordering on sorry, Malcolm. Tucker. Bordering is on a, a bordering on a Tuckerism, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was what was the other one? I was trying to remember. It was like slightly earlier. Um, I can't remember what it is, but um, I mean, it's yeah, it's just. Uh, and the, so like the way so that when they fix the Dalek and it sort of like go, turns bad again and, it's, and the Doctor's sort of like practically rolling his eyes like, oh, of course, you know. Duh, yeah. And then, but I really like the fact that, that I wasn't expecting him, uh, Clara to step up to him and basically punch him across the room. Mm. Um, that was a hell of a slap she gave him. <laughs> yeah. I just, um, I don't I, know how. It's a rule that the Doctor must be slapped by somebody. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I think of anything from the show, I think that was the bit I sort of, like, it's like frowned upon, because it seems a bit out of character for Clara. You know, it's, it's like, I, I could understand her, like, verbally taking down the Doctor, but I, I've never sort of, like, had her pegged as the sort of one who would just, like, give him, like, a right hook. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but I think, to be honest, she's probably, like... She's been buggered about by with him, you know, by him, mm-hmm. um, sort of... Uh, a month now or whatever because mm-hmm. he went for coffee and disappeared for three weeks and you know all this sort of usual doctor things and then they're stuck and he's just like well ah, give up then and she's like oh for fuck's sake and just mm-hmm. belts him because i mean i think that you know i think that it, you could have the patience of a saint and you would mm-hmm. probably get to the point of wanting to slap the doctor one once yeah. in a while oh, no, uh, i mean i don't i don't um i don't disagree with the sentiment i just no. thought maybe if she i don't know i just is it that you could you sort you could sort of imagine Amy slapping him, but it seems a bit out of character for Clara to do it. Yeah, Amy Donna definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't know. I think it's just I think maybe it's just Clara's always been a bit like nice. She's never really been that like harsh of a character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, she's never really been that assertive. Mm. But I think because she's kind of dealing with a different kettle of fish in this Doctor, mm-hmm. I think she has to sort of like. She's got to. I mean, you know, there's a thing that, you know, really we see the Doctor at the height of his... Is callousness the right word? Um, Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, when he basically... He sacrifices that fella to get away and then makes quite a tasteless joke about it. Yeah, I call him Bad Ross because <laughs> obviously we had the the nice Ross from uh, Unit in uh, Centaurus Stratagem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, this yeah, Ross was a bit more of a... <laughs> bit more yeah, rude. I mean, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was sort of... It sort of recalled some of the more the fourth Doctor or the sixth Doctor's more kind of mm. pragmatic but morally questionable um, <laughs> actions. Oh, yeah, that line when they're in the protein tank. Oh gosh, yeah. he's the top layer. If you want to say a few words, I was like, whoa. Oh yeah, I mean, because they, I mean, that <laughs> is pretty. I mean, and as well, it's sort of the height of his obliviousness as well mm. to make a joke like that in front of. Two soldiers who have just lost their mate and don't like you very much to begin with. Mm. Um, Actually, I think yeah. that was probably the other sort of like Tuckerish line. Do you know what I mean? Just in the mm. sense of like sheer sort of, you know, viciousness, really. Mm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, say, talking, we talked a bit about Clara. Uh, what did mm. you make of her in this episode? Um, I liked her. I, I liked how sort of at the end of this like the very end she sort of like realizes she's got a slight hint of the doctor's prejudice towards soldiers obviously you know when she i mean obviously she's just cracking wise with danny um 
earlier in the show when she says, oh, you know, you know, one of those soldiers who kills somebody and has a good cry about it, which is a kind of, it's just very it's like a harsh thing for her to say. Um, but at the end, she's sort of like, after she's seen the doctor just basically telling Journey to F off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she, sort of, she sort of like realizes that obviously she's not as bad as the doctor, but she's still got a bit of like, like slight prejudice against soldiers. And so that's when she says, uh, oh, I didn't know if you had like a problem with like ex-soldiers. She says, oh, no, not me. You know, she's sort yeah. of like catching herself. Um, but no, I, I did. I did like Jenna Coleman. She, she's definitely getting a lot more to do now. I think it's... Yeah, it's. Much- I mean, the last two episodes have, have really sort of mm-hmm. brought her out of her shell almost, rather than being this kind of just a sort of living trope, mm. pretty much in The Impossible Girl. She's sort of actually more of a character in her own right. So, yeah, yeah I mean, um, and this sort of in and out nature of the Doctor in the companion's life that we sort mm-hmm. of saw the, the first sort of beginnings of with uh, Rory and Amy, mm-hmm. in that they're sort of part-time companions in that they have jobs, lives, house, mm-hmm. and occasionally they go off for an adventure. It's a bit like what Clara's doing in that she has her job and then, you know, she goes off with the doctor for a bit and then comes back and goes in and out. Yeah, he, he's a hobby. She, she yeah. pretty much flat out states in the, uh, in the show. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so I think that as well, we should probably do a little bit of explaining about Danny Pink's character because I mm-hmm. thought there was a few comments that I saw on Facebook and stuff um, about Danny's character. Right. So um, just sort of clear up. I don't know if any of this happens in the States or other places, but in this country at the moment, mm-hmm. there's quite a big drive for people who used to be in the forces to be fast-tracked to become secondary school teachers, so high school teachers, mm-hmm. um, and teach what they call in this country core subjects, so maths, English, science. Right. So you can see that Ma- Danny is a maths teacher, was a soldier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, And as well, uh, something that I noticed that they do is that Danny has got a cadet corps at the school, <laughs> which beats... BT dubs, I want one of those T-shirts. Mm-hmm. Um, so cadet cause I always associated with really posh schools. Right. Um, it's a thing that you, it's sort of like a bit like scouts, but with additional discipline and stuff. And mm-hmm. you could, it's basically like a, a physical education lesson. You go off and do like adventure things and orienteering and all running, that sort of stuff. Running, jumping, climbing trees. Getting shouted at, getting muddy, that yeah. sort of thing. So it's not like a proper military thing. It has more of a military structure in that there's a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. You know, by no means obligated to go in the army afterwards. It's just a thing you can do at school. Like I say, it's more associated with posh schools. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Cole Hill being a progressive type, uh, probably not a bog standard comprehensive, mm-hmm. um, as they used to call kind of the issue, standard issue um, secondary schools in this country um, are doing something a bit different with Danny. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah. a couple of the kind of... And someone also brought... I saw a, a discussion on uh, Facebook about a, an American who was watching this program and saying about that no one seems to bat an eyelid at there being a hint of an interracial relationship between Danny and Clara. Well, but that's pretty commonplace these days. Exactly. I mean, in, say, in, this, in, 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 the, in the UK... Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, I mean, I'm not going to speak for every part of the country or, you know, any person who's had, you know, um, any issues, but interracial relationships, really not a thing that people get concerned about over here. No. Or not not that I'm aware of and not that I've ever personally experienced or seen. So, no. 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 I have to say, though, what is it with these cool little kids? (laughs) (laughs) What about, what, they're just like... (laughs) 
Okay, have you ever killed someone? No filter. No filter. Any of these kids? Have you ever killed someone? Sir. Oh, do you, you know what? I bet there is a kid that does that. Yeah. If, if any of oh, these yeah. ex ex forces uh, teachers, I bet they get that. So. Yeah, one of them has um, to. Statistically yeah. speaking. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, so, but moving on to the actual character aspects of Danny, I mm -hmm. think it's quite interesting because I was just a bit worried that he's going to be kind of this Mickey Smith clone. Mm. It is going to be kind of this hang around, crushing on the companion, you know, comes on a couple of trips, mm. gets into trouble, is a bit kind of wet and useless. But I mean, he's an ex soldier. Mm -hmm. He's actually, you know, got a bit of character to him. He's got a sense of humor. He's a bit. You know, he's a bit unconfident with the ladies, but I mean, he's not going to be messed about. But mm. you know, I quite, I really actually enjoyed what we saw of Danny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a very good start from uh, Samuel Anderson. Uh, shout yeah. outs to him. Uh, I mean, he actually he does the comedy really quite well. I mean, the, mm. when it's sort of like cutting between his conversation with the Clara about um, going to this leaving do, and it sort of cuts back, and it's sort of like it makes you think that. He's just like picturing this in his head. It's like, oh, this is what I should have said. <laughs> and then he pangs his head on the table and it turns out Clara's been standing there watching him all the time. <laughs> yeah, I really liked it. And I think that it's, it's comedy that wasn't at his expense. Mm. I mean, you know, it was sort of poking fun a little bit at him. But yeah. I mean, um, you know, it was kind of sort of sweetly comedic as opposed to kind of like, ha ha, what a dummy sort mm -hmm. of thing. So, I mean, I'm really excited to actually see him getting more involved in the episodes and if he's actually going to end up meeting the doctor and obviously the doctor's prejudice against soldiers, mm. you know, is that going to come out more or yeah, is, is the doctor actually going to sort of learn something from him or what? I mean, it's quite an interesting, it's an interesting angle in waiting. Mm. I think if, if I had to sort of not criticize this story, but to, to say that this story was kind of, it felt like set up. It mm -hmm. felt like there's going to be a lot that comes out of this episode that we're going to be looking back on from like episode sort of 11 and 12. Yeah. Definitely Rusty the Dalek. Mm. Um, who I think, say so I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay. So, we're going to, uh, so I did a bit of speculation last episode. I'm going to try again this one. Um, when the Doctor is showing him about the birth of the star, um, Rusty uses the word divine twice. Hmm. I wonder if he's gonna. There's gonna be like some sort of cult of Daleks that thinks of the Doctor as God. Hmm, that would be interesting. Yeah, I mean that's when when I came out of the episode, and you know, um, you know, Rusty Dalek kind of gives the best Dalek out, bitches, kind of look and <laughs> rolls off to to take up its personal vendetta against the rest of the Daleks. Hmm. Um, it was kind of it was really kind of loaded with. It really felt like because it, it just because he used the word divine twice, mm -hmm. it just it just sort of felt to me like is he going to be putting the doctor up on some sort of pedestal as like a and in and sort of releasing him from his bondage as a Dalek mm -hmm. and sort of showing him the true the truth of the Daleks being evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I think I, I I like that theory, but personally, I. Th I think Rusty was probably toast when as soon as he got into the ship. Yeah, probably. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, because I think I read somewhere in it was in the sort of the rough cut um, that got leaked. There was a scene that was scripted but deleted where Rusty actually self-destructed once he got yeah. on board the ship and destroyed those. But I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised that if once he sort of headed into the airlock, there was a whole bunch of dogs waiting for him. They just Blew him away. Blew him away. Because, I mean, yeah. I, I can't imagine... There was couldn't have been no way that the dog still on the, the mothership would have 
not known about it because I mean he, the the one of some of the dogs screaming like under attack by a Dalek. So you'd think they'd have like an open line to to like the superior the commanders on the ship. You know, so it's like I mean, and the other thing I sort of like, although it was awesome to see like a Dalek taking on other Daleks because I like remembrance of the Daleks. Oh yes, I I just thought I thought it would have been interesting if like Rusty had taken a few hits as well. Yeah. I think it was I think it was maybe a little bit too one sided because he was I mean, a little bit OP, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think if it just maybe like even just like a few glancing blows just to like mess him up a little bit more, so you sort of like get the sense that. Yes, he's on this vendetta, which he thinks is good, but he's not going to, you know, survive it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, th- I think that might have been a bit more interesting. Cause, yeah. I mean, I, I must say, though, I've, I vastly prefer that mm. they have left it somewhat open-ended. Mm. Um, I must say, you know, sort of going for the, the Dalek ending mm-hmm. of going, why was I programmed to feel pain? And then sort of blowing itself up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you would have thought, oh, okay. Yeah. It was a little bit pat, but sort of leaving it kind of open-ended um, mm-hmm. and sort of with this suggestion that there is yet more to come from mm-hmm. him, you know, as unlikely as it may be, um, I, I like that open-endedness of yeah. it. Um, so, I mean, um, the, the other thing is as well is give the Doctor a, a nice n- new heap of baggage to uh, <laughs> to carry around as well now sure. that he's... Uh, Sure, why not? Sure, give him some more. The yeah. man can take it. Lump it on. You know, he sort of he sort of connects with this Dalek, and he thinks, right, I'm getting through to him. I'm sort of, mm. you know, and then all of you know, just you would make a good Dalek. Yeah. Boom, straight to the heart, and he's to blame. Yeah. Um, again. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is sort of like one part evil of the Daleks, one part invisible enemy, really, isn't it? When you think about it, it. is. And a little dollop of Let's Kill Hitler, because it, I must say the antibodies mm. in the Dalek did remind me somewhat of the Tesselector antibodies. Yeah, I think that was an, that was another little like problem I had with it. I think I don't know. I think because they sort of like seem like sort of like cheapo versions of the balls from Phantasm. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that too. But I just I don't know. I thought that was maybe if some other sort of like defense mechanism yeah but uh, i don't i don't know i think there's just this this slightly like floaty baldness of the uh, the antibodies that sort of like took me out for edge slightly yeah, yeah a little bit i mean um mm. say one of the, i watched this with some friends and what one of my friends said that he was he he was fine with it until clara kind of he said worked it out too quickly but um, I, I don't think it's any worse than any sort of other logical leaps that companions have taken myself. No. I mean, that so much didn't bother me. Yeah. I say, I mean, although I, I I say with this episode, I found it very interesting. Mm-hmm. I think there was a lot to really enjoy. I thought the dialogue was great. Capaldi was excellent. Oh, yeah. Coleman was excellent. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was just a touch too, took to, from too many others kind of episodes that we've seen. You know, mm. a little bit from Dalek, a little bit from Let's Kill Hitler, a little bit from here, a little bit from there. And it sort of, it, although it hung together nicely, mm-hmm. it, it just sort of felt a little bit kind of, it was one of those things of I enjoyed it when I was watching it, but when you sort of sit and think about it, mm-hmm. you sort of think, oh, it was a bit like this episode or, you know, I would have liked to have seen to them to have done this or so this. But I think what really redeemed it for me mm-hmm. or, or stopped it from just being an average episode was the sort of the open-endedness of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it was the fact there wasn't any comfortable resolutions. Mm. That, you know, the, the easy thing would, when the Doctor asked Clara, am I a good man? She just goes, yes. Yeah, but she said, "I don't know." 
Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really, um, you know, when, when they come to a conclusion at the end, she says, I don't know if you're a good man, but you seem like you're trying to do something good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's the conclusion that we've all sort of come to about this doctor yeah, and the doctor in general. But again, like I say, it is sort of very open. It doesn't give you any easy answers. You mm. sort of have to sit and think to yourself, okay, right, so it would have been so easy for them to go say, yep, Doctor's a good man, he tried his best, never mind, Rusty blew up at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, he just sort of pats Journey Blue on the head and says, you know, maybe in a couple of years, darling, go and do something more worthwhile with your time. Mm-hmm. He, says, he just goes, no, piss off, you're a soldier, I don't want nothing <laughs> to do with you. You know, and it's sort of, because it wasn't easy mm-hmm. like that, I think it, it really kind of elevated itself beyond kind of just average. Yeah. Well, when you put it like that, I mean, the, the way you sort of like said how it could have been, that very much sounds like a 10th or 11th Doctor. That's how like, it would have gone had it been like 10 or 11. It would have than... been down that easier route. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, especially with 10, as in, especially at the beginning of 10's run, mm-hmm. 10 is, you know, he's the good guy. And, you know, you've got Rose is kind of his able knockabout companion and... Mm-hmm. You know, he would have kind of busted through Journey Blue's defences and would have left her with like a little pep talk if he, even if he hadn't taken her with him, Mm. you know. But like I say, with with the 12th Doctor, it's this thing of he's not an easy dude to get along with. And Mm. I think that, and he's got kind of, his filter is much less. He seems (laughs) to have really regressed in his understanding of interacting with people. (laughs) <laughs> um, you know, he just he doesn't give a shit. You know, Foxy don't give him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of an interesting kind of more. Not he's he's a pro he's a, a character you can really get on board with, but he's not easy. Mm. You know, he's kind yeah. of like if you've got a mate who's really <laughs> socially. You know, some everyone's got a mate who tells inappropriate jokes mm-hmm. or, or you know make a scene in a restaurant or yeah. he's kind of like that mate. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> and you love him, but you could you could give him an uppercut some days. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, one of the things that uh, I think we should mention is um, Gretchen and how she ends up in heaven. So yeah. it, it, it sort of makes me wonder, sort of, what sort of, Because, I mean, we never saw Ross end up in heaven. No. So it kind of, like, makes me wonder, like, how and why Missy is sort of like doing this, like what sort of criteria do these people, like Gretchen in this episode and the half-faced man in the last episode, like what what, is, what sort of qualities do they have that allows them to be quote-unquote ascended if we believe that this heaven is in fact heaven? Well, I'll say the only thing that I can really think between the two of them is that Ross was kind of, you know, just said, well, he was dead already essentially mm-hmm. is what the doctor says, which, yeah. you know... Probably actually was. He's not wrong there. Yeah. But um, with Gretchen and the Half-Faced Man, they sac- they make a choice to, if you think that the Half-Faced Man threw himself out of that capsule, mm-hmm. or the do- rather than the Doctor pushing him, mm-hmm. they made a choice to sacrifice themselves so the Doctor could get his get to his objective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only connection between the two of them that I can think of so far. Yeah. Whereas Ross just died. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You know, so maybe that's that's why they're being picked up because of the interaction with the Doctor sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so I think that one last thing I really like to talk about with this episode mm-hmm. is the the way it was directed. Yeah. So and sort of the the way the the cinematography looked. Um, yes. This, 
by Ben Wheatley. <laughs> um, so again, who did come on? Kill list. He did kill list. Yeah, yeah. and um, he's also did um, last week's episode, Deep Breath. Mm-hmm. Again, it was it was sort of that kind of horror sensibility. Mm-hmm. It brought to it, and I think it was directed in kind of a way that you don't really see from Doctor Who a lot, like those kind of like kind of long looks down corridors and mm. all this sort of thing. I thought that the way it was it was shot was really interesting, and I'd love to see Ben Wheatley do more work on Doctor Who because mm. I think he really gets it, and I think he brings kind of that big movie sen- sort of sensibility to TV. And you know, we we want that for Doctor Who. We want mm. it to kind of you know the what Moffat was kind of quoted as saying from last sort of beginning of season seven was it's a movie every week and it certainly it feels it should feel that way I think with Doctor Who so yeah that's what I was I was just about to say that actually it's like this is like more like the the movie a week sort of idea they were going for with series seven mm. yeah um I mean there's some great shots I mean when you see like the dogs like in the like the end of the corridor and they've just like breached the the Aristotle's um airlock and like like there's a like one shot i particularly like so and, and it's when you like you have the over the like the head of the dalek as it's heading down the corridor mm. i thought yeah. i thought that was quite interesting and um yeah it's really well done and um the special effects were very good on this as well yeah i thought actually it really were i mean um it it sort of it's it's sort of the the um it with the shrink ray thing essentially mm. <laughs> it could have looked really dumb and I was worried that they were going to do the thing of have the giant bloke hold the tiny thing and you get it up to their eye and all that mm. sort of thing didn't go for that which I really liked you just sort of saw the outside and then they're in the Dalek mm-hmm. going in through the eye stalk which I actually quite like this all like going through <laughs> the eye gloop and all this sort of thing yeah that was tricky it, it, it it was quite good and like I say it was unusual for who to do something like that and. Um, I just I encourage I I personally really like they're trying to find new ways to shoot this stuff mm. and it's one of those things of if you don't notice a special effect then it's done its job and it's mm. one of those ones of you kind of you just kind of took it as a whole mm. rather than going oh nice special effect yeah or you know oh nice nice sort of antibodies or you know like all the gloop in the sort of trash compact Star Wars trash compactor they are in. Um, <laughs> I, did, I was waiting for Papal to go, R2, shut down, thank you for that. <laughs> okay, so I think we should uh, move on to the scores. Emma, scores what, on the doors. What are you giving it, Emma? I'm, oh, I'll say I'm really torn about this score, actually. Mm. But I think for the direction and how the story was and Capaldi, I'm going to go in with a seven again. A seven, okay. I think yeah. I'll probably give it. I think I might uh, go slightly up and uh, give it an eight because I did like the interaction. I think the the soldier characters did sort of like let the side down a little bit because it just thought yeah. there wasn't like that much to them, and just like the few sort of like minor quibbles I had. So, but I think it def- definitely eight. Yeah, so I think that it's it's an episode that I can see myself going back to a lot. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot that you will on rewatches get out of it. Um, sort of, and especially sort of once series eight is over, mm-hmm. um, and we're kind of looking back and whatever develops, I think that this episode might be one we keep going back to. Yeah, I was, I was kind of expecting this to be sort of like one of those ones. It's like, oh yeah, that was, that was all right, and then she's yeah. like, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't revisit it. But um, no, actually, this was actually pretty well done. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I heard really mixed things about this going in. I mean, mm. I heard. Really, variously, like this is the pits absolutely dire to people saying it's complete genius. Mm. And of course, as always, it's never either of those things. But 
it, it definitely, I mean, these two episodes mm-hmm. have been really good. I mean, I must say, I'll put my hand on my heart, I'm slightly worried about next week from what we've seen of the uh, trailers. Mm. Um, I mean, uh, I read an interview with Mark Gatiss saying that it's kind of think androids of Tara. Huh. <laughs> Mm. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see with with this one. Um, Mm. But I say I think we've had two really strong episodes back to back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if next week is maybe a bit too silly and fluffy, which looks like it might be Mm -hmm. uh, just from the trailers that I've seen so far. um, You know, I'm I'm sort of I'm reassured enough that the series can take kind of a wobbler next Mm -hmm. week if that's what it happens. But I must say I've been very pleased for the last two weeks. Awesome. Okay, so uh, if you'd like to tell us what you thought about Into the Dalek, you can email us at uh, create a show at simplysyndicated.com. Uh, Emma, you're on the Facebook page, if you could tell I us do. about that. Um, if you pop, go to Facebook and pop into the search bar, uh, Greatest Show in the Galaxy podcast, uh, we should pop up, uh, join, give us a like, um, pop some stuff on the wall, mm. all that Facebook good stuff. Yep, and if you want to keep it under 140 characters, we uh, have a Twitter account, which is at Greatest Show Pod. And uh, before we go, we should take a moment, really, to uh, say a, a, a big welcome to our new stablemate at Simply Syndicated, the little pod of horrors. Splitters! <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a uh, horror podcast hosted by uh, Boz of the uh, great Here Goes Nothing and Gogs. So uh, do te- check that out when you get a moment. Uh, they've only got one episode up at the moment as we're recording this, but I'm, uh, I'm sure they'll also like, do uh, some reruns. But... I like it when Gog says boobies. <laughs> <laughs> and well you can't really say much fairer than that can you no <laughs> so thanks very much emma thanks mike and we'll talk to you next week <laughs>